your conversion rate tenfold. Because even if somebody says no at first, you can touch back with them in a month, you can touch back with them in two months, and you can pick right back up where that conversation left off. And basically, if you don't know what a CRM is, it's literally just where you put your touch points, where you put your call logs, where you put... Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. In this episode, we are sitting down with Aaron Platt, okay? And Aaron is somebody who is very active in the social media space, specifically Instagram, and he has an agency that he has built from the ground up. He's only 22 years old. He's done some massive things on Instagram already. He actually just held a conference in Tampa, Florida, uh, where he brought together a bunch of influencers. I think they had about 40 speakers, over 400 people in attendance through this three-day event. It was absolutely phenomenal. I didn't get the chance to make it down there, but it sounded like an amazing time. I had some friends that were speaking down there. So we dive into how he was able to pull that thing together in under three months, and then how he was able to grow his business to the level that it's at, making some serious, serious income at the age of 20. 22 years old. We also talk about networking and how he was able to meet some really high level influencers that spoke at this event and lock them in and get them on board and how to really get people on board with your mission and how to connect with people. So say you're starting a podcast, say you just want to get a hold of people that are a couple rungs above you on the ladder of, of just like life and entrepreneurship and whatever niche you're in. We talk exactly about how to do that. He goes very actionable on, on the steps that he took to get a hold of these people. And um, I share some stories as well of how I I've been able to get a hold of some people that seem to be unreachable, but in reality, you just got to know how to do it. So without further ado, whether you are walking the dog, whether you're at the gym, I want you to plug in, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Young Smart Money with Aaron Platt. All right, Aaron, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, man. It is my pleasure. Pleasure. So Aaron, our listeners, they heard a little bit about you, what you do in the intro, but for those of them that aren't familiar with you and what you're currently doing right now, could you give us like a 60 second intro as to what Aaron Platt is up to at this moment in time? Then we're going to flash back and work our way up to the present. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm 22. I live in Orlando, Florida. Um, I own a branding and marketing agency. Um, and then I'm a co-founder of an event that's touring right now. Um, we did our first event actually two weeks ago and it went super well, super excited about that. But, um, a little background, I actually used to live in Minnesota, close to Wisconsin. Yep, represent. I used, to, I used to go up to Wisconsin Dells all the time. So I'm quite familiar with that area. Um, and I moved to Florida in 2008. Um, I went to multiple colleges and that's actually where I'm going to kind of start and go into, but I actually dropped out of school, um, to start the company that I now currently own and run. Um, and it's doing quite well at the moment. So um, with all of that being said, you know, I think I'll leave the rest for kind of going in deep and going through all of that. Um, but basically, I'm a, I'm a younger entrepreneur that's really just kind of trying to get after a lot of different things and open as many doors as I can and just kind of keep progressing. I love it. Where, where in Minneapolis are you from? So I'm from Eden Prairie. Okay, okay. I got you. I got you. So just cool. outside the Twin Cities. Yep. All right. I went yeah, to Washburn but... High School. So so pretty close by. Oh yeah, yeah. We no, played Dale in a couple sports. I can't remember the, the last school I went. But I went to Forest Hills. If anyone knows where Forest Hills is, that was like okay. my last school that I went to in Minnesota before I moved out to Orlando. But too cold, man. I dig it. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying I gotta once once I graduate, I'm I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> where are you at right now? I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, um, you going to university? Yeah, yeah. So I've got I've got a semester left here, um, but once I get out of here, I'm just gonna travel for like six to twelve months, see some stuff. But um, back go. to back to your story really quick. <laughs> I'm getting the carried away on a tangent here, but um, yeah. 
talk to us about about your experience in uh, both high school and middle school. I'm always curious to hear from my guests what they were doing. Were you somebody who who had an entrepreneurial bug? Were you were you hustling? Were you like flipping shoes in the back of the classroom, or were you somebody yeah. who took school very seriously? Like, what did that look like for you? So I was actually a horrible student, um, yeah. and just about every single way. Uh, I was more into kind of I was one of the people that kind of like was in every group like I didn't really have a click like I hmm. obviously hung out with my main group of friends but I literally was hanging out with everybody no matter who they were and I was kind of all over the place um, you know I played sports that was kind of majority of what I did I would say I was probably a C and D student okay I really <laughs> didn't I, I didn't get good grades I, I mean I was always elsewhere but really kind of what I can kind of tie back some of the stuff that I do now too is I, 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 I skated my whole childhood. I skated, I surfed, I did all that stuff. And the whole time, almost every single day and every weekend we're out shooting with like really crappy camcorders and like little like scorpion, like, like handheld stuff. And we would just ride around like town, like making cool skate edits. And everyone thought it was super cool. And we just put them out there. I'm sure they're still out there. They're horrible. Don't let them <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, that that kind of is like, I can tie that back to being like, you know, something that initially got me started in like marketing. Um, and, you know, in high school, uh, it was kind of the same thing. I hung out with everybody. I just kind of, I always was the host of different events or parties or kind of, I always had people over my place. My house was kind of the place to come and hang out. Um, my parents were divorced, so I, I spent majority of the time with my mom. Um, and I have a big family. So I'm actually a twin. And then I have a younger brother and then I have another set of twins under me um, and I have an older sister. So I guess I kind of tried to run the show. You know what I mean? I always was <laughs> trying to uh, keep everybody. I always wanted to be the, the top guy, I guess. I was huh. always overdo my brothers. But um, yeah, I think, you know, throughout high school, I really got into TV production. And that was like one of the big things that I always did is we would just make the funny shows that played in the beginning of school and, you know, that kind of tied into later in life. Um, and, you know, I, I always worked as well. So I had a job since I was 14. Um, you know, since I'm in a big family and my parents were divorced, there really wasn't any, you know, financial support, um, especially going into college. Mm -hmm. So, you know, bought my first car with cash, worked every Saturday from 14 to 15 to pay for a $3,500 uh, 40th generation Mustang because I thought <laughs> it was sick. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was like, I, I guess like, that kind of work ethic really taught me, you know, okay, look, if you're going to do something or if you want, you know, this amount of money, you're not just going to be handed it. it, it it's a grind. It's a work, you know, there's a work ethic there that's kind of been instilled into me kind of since early on. Um, and plus, you know, not having somebody to lean on for financial support since early on, I think that's done a lot for me now, um, especially as I'm getting older, because it's not just, you know, a lot of people are going through college or they're going through high school. And they're supported the whole way. And then once they get to a point where the parents are just like, you know, cut off and they're 22, 23 or older, um, it's a big fucking slap in the face. Yeah. Like it really wakes some people up. And uh, I think I didn't really have to go through that. So I, I made all my mistakes, like financially, like messing up my credit. Um, I'll kind of go through something like when I was 18 through 19, all I really did was, you know, I moved in with my friends who were all dependent. Um, they were spending a lot of money, you know, drinking all day, just doing college stuff. And I was doing the same thing, except I was putting on my credit card. Mm. Somehow I got a credit card with a $4,000 line to it. So yeah, I, I really messed myself up there. And uh, it, it hurt me for a while. 
and I eventually got out of school and then, um, you know, I went to Florida state and there I was able to get a job as a bartender. Um, I was doing a couple other things that probably shouldn't mention for money. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it just kind of built up and I was actually at a place, um, where I was, I was just bartending and they're like, Hey, we need somebody who can do marketing. And I was like, well, how much does it pay? I was like, how, how, how much are you paying? And, uh, they were basically like, yeah, it's going to be, you know, 500 to like 800 bucks a month, depending on what you can do. So I was like, yeah, that's me. Like I'll do it. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so I just went in there, took pictures, started on Instagram, started doing some stuff. And I had, uh, actually one of my mentors now, his name's Jordan Cruz. He came in and offered me a service and it was like basically a lead generation through Instagram service. Um, basically at the time it was follow on follow like sure. automated messenger stuff, basic, basic stuff. But he was charging me like 250 bucks a month for it. And my head was like, okay, how the hell do I do this myself? Like, there's gotta be a way I can do it myself. So I figured out the platform he was using. I figured out how he was doing it. Um, and I basically spun it off and started my own service. Um, and I was doing freelance content stuff and, you know, along those lines, um, and eventually picked up. So instead of just doing one bar, I was doing multiple bars. I was doing a lot of companies and I was doing it for my friends as well. Um, everything for free, you know, at first. And then I started charging and charging more and more and more. And eventually I got to a point where I was like, okay, I can either keep going to school and putting myself in debt and really like, you know, going through the motion of what everyone else thinks I should be doing, or I can get out of school, move back to Orlando and try and start this company. So that's what I did. Um, and when I got back to Orlando, I actually had, uh, I ran into a modeling agency um, and they gave us our first big contract that allowed us to do a lot, uh, get an office, do a lot of those things. So it was kind of just like opening one door after another and just kind of running through it without asking questions. So just kind of taking immediate action and really just rolling through it. Not, I didn't no idea where I was going. I had no clue. I didn't have a dollar in my pocket, but I kind of just kept moving and it just eventually kind of came together and then things started stacking on each other. And then there was compound effect, multiple revenue streams. I started connecting with bigger other people. Um, you know, things started moving in a good motion as opposed to always moving backwards. So I guess that's kind of my story on how I got started. Um, and I'm kind of going on a tangent, but that, I think that's like really what did it for me. I mean, I saw everyone else doing this same thing. Um, I was in debt. I wasn't able to keep up with everybody. And my mindset was constantly somewhere else. Like I was constantly wanting to make money or do something else or work as opposed to go out or as opposed to go get drunk or go drink or whatever. Um, and I eventually just kind of snapped and just said, all right, screw it. I'm dropping everything and I'm going to do my own thing. And, um, once I did that, you know, it took me about a year, but, uh, things started working out really good and the marketing company started developing. We started, you know, instead of doing everything and saying yes to everybody, we were able to stop saying yes to everything, create systems and packages and sell those to the same, you know, every time, instead of going to somebody and they're like, Hey, well, we don't want this. It was like, okay, well, we completely understand, but we still can't service you because we're, this is our, bottom line, this is what we're offering you. Um, and at that point, we weren't saying yes to everybody. We weren't needing the revenue from, you know, those deals that we didn't want to do. And at that point, we we're able to scale. So mm. that's massive, dude. So one thing that I'm, that I'm curious about just hearing your story, are, are you somebody who's who's always been pretty confident? Because like, picturing that situation where you're working at this bar, and they ask you to do marketing for you, and you just sort of say yes, I, I feel like a lot of people when put in that place, it would be hard for them to to commit so fully to that at a young age yeah. they never had any experience before. So are you are you a naturally confident person or, or where does that come from? 
I, I think, I think I am in certain situations. Um, I think back then I didn't have a choice. Hmm. You know, I was at a point where I couldn't pay for my truck. You know, I didn't have a lot of food. I needed to pay rent. I had classes that I needed to go to. I had, there was resources that I need. And, uh, you know, when you're in that situation, really there is no other answer than, yeah, absolutely. If somebody's offering you, you know, a job or something along those lines, you know, you're going to say yes. And I think if I look back, I was just in such a bad situation that I was just looking for anything. And at the time, you know, I was seeing like Ty Lopez ads, like all, you know, all the, the stuff that everyone talks about, but I think that stuff kind of resonated with me and it brought me back to like, Hey, you know, I did create content my whole life. I did all this stuff. I think marketing could be something that I could be good at. Um, and I would say naturally I'm a very sales oriented person. Hmm. So as far as conversation goes and actually getting the initial sale, I'm very confident. Um, and I think that's probably what's tied into um, some of that initial just say yes attitude. But I think for most people, what you need to understand is that if you're constantly tentative and you're constantly sitting back and waiting and mulling stuff over and thinking, you're going to miss a lot of opportunities. There's going to be so much stuff that's just going to pass you by. And, you know, if you are shy, that's okay, but you need to be able to say yes. And you need to be able to say yes and then figure it out later. I mean, there's Google, there's YouTube, there's Instagram. There's so many resources out there to where if you're in a certain industry and someone asks you, can you do something, especially in the beginning, just say yes and figure it out because mm. that's going to help you expedite and that's going to, that's going to bring you forward. And if you're an uncomfortable, that means you're doing something right. If you're comfortable, that means you're, you're, you're just sitting still and there's no progression there. So, um, you know, as far as like confidence goes, just say yes and figure it out later. Like mm -hmm. you'll always be able to figure something out. There's always going to be someone out there that can help you, uh, a resource out there that can give you answers. Um, you just need to be resourceful and just say yes. You know, if a door opens yourself, don't shut it right away because you're not gonna be able to open it back up. So that's I guess that, that would be, yeah, I think that's, that's really uh, what I have to say about that. For sure. And then I want to hear, I want to hear more about this modeling agency that, that hooked you guys up because it, it sounds like that was a pretty pivotal moment in your business. And, and it seems like that deal was something that really changed a lot of things for you. So talk to us about yeah. how that, that came together. So actually, uh, well, my roommate, my business partner, he's a, he's a photographer. Um, and somehow he got connected with these guys and he told them about what we're doing. Um, and you know, as you can, as you know, Instagram and social media right now is huge, especially in the modeling world. Um, and they were kind of an older company. They've been doing things in a different way for a long time. Um, and anyways, we got in contact. I sat down with them. Um, they liked the ideas that I presented in the initial meeting. Um, and we worked our ass off for like three weeks, setting up proposals, going in with TVs, presenting it to them, had their whole staff sit down and we went over everything. Um, and anyways, I think we asked like, it was like 10 grand over like, I, I can't even remember the length of the contract, but anyways, we ended up doing it for like, like a quarter of that, like, like nothing. Like they, they came in and they were just like, yeah, no, we, you guys are new, blah, blah. We're going to like, they, they screwed us. Right. But at the time putting together that proposal, grinding that out, presenting it to them, presenting it to executives, um, answering questions, negotiating. Um, figuring out the systems that we're going to work off of, uh, actually having substantial income coming in on a month to month basis on that retainer, you know, so it wasn't something like, Hey, we get this one payment and then it's done. I think it did a lot for us as far as like organizing and structuring what we could do. 
And I think that's what was so pivotal. I don't think it was the, I don't think it was the revenue. I don't think it was the, uh, the actual contract that did it. I think it was the, the like work that we all put in and that we did um, to get that contract. And I think that's what allowed us to move forward and actually continue pulling in contracts and continue to uh, send out proposals, bring in leads and understand how we're going to close people. So I think that was the biggest, it was just a huge learning experience. Like we had no idea what we were doing at all. Like we really didn't. Um, but we just kind of went in and stuck to our plan and got them to say yes at the end of it and pay us, you know, some good money for it. So um, I think that was the biggest learning point for us as far as, you know, how do we close people? How do we make money? And, you know, that they're a big company, you know, they're, they're credible and uh, it was scary as shit, but we did it and uh, it worked out for us. So, and yeah, I mean, I think that was, that was the biggest point is we just learned so much closing that initial client um, that we're able to replicate that and go bigger and bigger and bigger. Absolutely. So what is, what is your sort of process look like now for finding new clients for your business and then taking them down like your sales process? What can you walk us through that, that for us? Yeah, absolutely. So right now, a lot of our clients um, come from referrals or they come from social media. I would say since I kind of scaled um, my Instagram account and actually started like doing lead gen through it and not really using it just to post good pictures and, you know, highlight reels and stuff along those lines. Cause I was, I, I, you know, my Instagram account was super superficial at first. Like I, I really, it was just very, there was no depth to it. Hmm. Um, and I really wasn't doing much, but like posting cool pictures on it. Cause I was around content creators all the time. So it was just like, Hey Aaron, hop in this picture. I was like, all right, cool. Let me do that. <laughs> Um, and I was just posting that stuff, but then I started kind of scaling, doing a lot of outreach, um, doing a lot of lead gen through there. Um, and what I've been doing recently that's been working a lot is I just do video pitches. If I find somebody, I talk to them for maybe two or three messages and then I put the phone up and talk to them directly through the camera and that connects you and gives you more of a genuine approach and people can see your facial expression. They can see who you are. Um, they can see the environment you're in. And I think that has increased our conversion rate a lot just off cold traffic and cold leads. Um, another thing that we're doing is sending out video pitches. Mm -hmm. So instead of typing out emails and sending it to a thousand people, find 200 people that you actually want to talk to and send them a video pitch. Film a two minute to five minute video pitch, send it out to them, put it in an email, um, and then have them get back to you. And that works just as well. Um, another thing is with, with the conference, I think that gave us, a lot of credibility and I think it gave us a lot of social proof um, being tied to big names and kind of playing by the law of association has helped us close bigger clients get in bigger circles um, I've joined a lot of mastermind groups and I've spent a lot of money uh, getting connected with different entrepreneurs and once you're connected with those those high-level thinkers and those high achievers there's always business there's there is always business so I guess now what I've been doing is really just spending money to network, getting around those big people, um, taking out a budget and really putting it down on the table for, okay, I need to get with these people. I need to get here. I need to do this because if you're in those groups of people and they know what you do and they know you're credible, it's almost just a referral circle. Mm. Like, Hey guys, I have this guy who needs this done. And then it's boom. We all drop it in there. First person to get to it or really, you know, want that lead gets it. And I think, you know, with referrals, with lead gen, as far as through social media, um, and then just pure people coming to us now. I mean, I think once you get to a certain point, um, 
it, it becomes a lot easier and people come to you as opposed to you going out to them. Um, and that's kind of where we're at now is it's a big turning point. In the beginning, it was, it was just calling people, constantly calling people, constantly texting people, constantly sending emails out, talking to friends, bringing on representatives, even though you couldn't pay them, uh, putting them on commission. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was just a grind. And I think, you know, over the past, you know, six to eight months, we've kind of fully transitioned out of that. Um, but what I can say in the beginning is, you know, figure out, figure out your sales process, figure out what you do when you first contact them, set up a CRM so you can actually like follow up with your leads. That's the biggest thing that I never did until about a couple months ago is I never had a CRM. I did everything in my head. Mm. All of our reps, you know, would do it in their head. There was no notes to go back on. Um, setting up that CRM will increase your conversion rate tenfold because even if somebody says no at first, you can touch back with them in a month, you can touch back with them in two months and you can pick right back up where that conversation left off. And basically, if you don't know what a CRM is, it's literally just where you put your touch points, where you put your call logs, where you put your notes from that conversation, where you put your new leads in, um, you know, where you put your wins, your losses. It's, it's just data. It's data for you to look back on. Um, and I think that's almost the most important thing to your sales process, because if you don't keep the data that you make with those clients, no one else can do your job for you. If, if, if you want to scale, if you don't have time to make those calls, if you want to bring in a rep or anything along those lines, you can't because there's no data. You can't just jot in all of your past conversations, all your past touch points, when you talk to them, the date, time, all that stuff can go in the CRM. And that makes it a lot easier for people to follow back up. It also makes it a lot easier for you to close these clients down the road um, and just be personal with them. You know, you don't need to call them and try and sell them, figure out what they need, figure out if you can help. And if you can't help, refer them to somebody who can, and then they'll eventually come back to you for more business. Mm, that's huge. That's huge. When did you start taking your network so seriously? And when did you start really investing into growing your, the people that you knew and, and the people you were associating yourself with? Yeah. So I would say probably about six months ago, um, maybe a little longer, probably about eight months ago. So the first conference I went to was EntrepreneurCon in Miami. And um, as far as the conference goes, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, but really what did it for me was like, after the conference, like when I actually went out to the bar and like got to sit down with people and talk to them. And um, that's actually where I met my business partner for Social X. And that's why this conference started. So about eight months ago in Miami, I met this guy named Justin at the bar. We were just sitting there and he was like, hey, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I do marketing. And I'd kind of talk to him about what I was doing, lead gen, all that stuff. Um, and he's like, I do real estate. And, you know, we kind of left it at that. And, you know, we knew we wanted to work with each other. We talked about it, um, about following up with each other. And then about two months later, he sent me just a video DM and he was like, Hey, I want to connect people. I want to, you know, put together some networker, like, uh, some kind of entrepreneur meetup. Um, you know, it, it's just like, it's a hard life as an entrepreneur. Like you're 90% of the time alone with your computer. Yeah. So if you don't have that circle or that network to lean on, like it's, it's almost impossible to progress. Like, I, that was like my biggest point was I, I was lonely. I was depressed. I was making like decent money and I just couldn't figure out like why I couldn't connect with people and I couldn't like hang out with the same circle and I couldn't do, I, I just didn't want to be social with anybody. Cause like everyone I knew really wasn't in the same position as I was. Mm. And, um, it made it super hard for me to connect with people and actually enjoy being around, you know, people and actually socialize. So at that point, you know, we're working on this conference. Um, I just met this great guy who's doing, you know, $4 million plus in real estate a year. 
Um, and he introduced me to this group called Wake Up Wealthy. And I don't know if you've heard about them, but yeah, uh, Kern and Brian Donovan. Um, and yeah, eventually, you know, halfway through, I heard one of I heard one of the calls because I was at Justin's office and we were working. I was like, damn, I need to be a part of that. Like it was early on, and you know, maybe there was like fifteen or twenty of them. And uh, I was like, damn, I need to be a part of that. So I, Brody actually reached out to me and he's like, hey, like, what do I need to do to get you in here? Um, and basically, we talked. We went over all my problems and kind of what I was going. I was like, dude, you need to be in this group. Like. I promise you, like, it'll do so much for you. So I just kind of took the leap and, you know, put the money down and, uh, it did so much for me, man. Like so much. I can't even explain all of the stuff that I've been able to get out of just being in a group like that. Just being surrounded by people that are doing really big things and high level thinkers and big achievers is almost like it's a competitive circle, but it's, those are the guys that I lean on. Like if I have a shit day, if I have something that comes up, that's a big roadblock, if I don't know the answer to something, like I just go back to that group. So I think at that point, plus building the conference, um, and I was able to speak to all these big names, you know, like, and actually conversate with them and actually get their phone numbers and talk to them on the phone. And just being around all those people has progressed me more than anything else has. I think the last like three to four months has been the biggest pivot in my whole, as far as revenue, happiness uh mindset body like everything has progressed and it's just because i've been getting around big people and i kind of let go of my old network and moved to the new one and i think that's another thing that's really kind of pushed me to get more and more and more active within these networks and within these groups um and that actually leads me to something that i want to talk about at the end uh something that we're putting together that's super super awesome but just kind of go back and answer your question as a whole is like, I, I was depressed. I was lonely. I was constantly pushing by myself and I got into one group that kind of like changed everything for me. Um, and that's when I realized that I need to be in more groups. I need to meet more people. I need to do bigger things with bigger people. Um, and if you're constantly sitting around the same people that you grew up with, they're constantly sitting around the people that you just know, and you're not reaching out to people, you're not getting into different groups or networks or Rolodex or whatever you're going to stay stagnant because there's not going to be any other opportunities for you. I mean, every person that I meet or every big opportunity that I've gotten ever in my life has started with a handshake, a phone number, a DM, a email, you know what I mean? And that's, I mean, it's, it's completely true. Ask anybody that you know, that's doing big stuff. It's, it's their network is why they're so powerful and their network is why they're such big entrepreneurs or uh, high achievers. So Yeah. That's, that's the truth, man. That is the yeah, truth. And that's, that's one of the biggest assets that I see to podcasting is like, you're able to yeah. sit down with like really high level people, pick their brains and really just network with people that you wouldn't have ordinarily been able to talk to. Like, nor, like Absolutely. first of all, I never would have even come across you had it not been for my podcast. And, and, and second of all, like just being able to sit down with you for an hour is, is amazing. And being able to chat with you and, and hear about your story. Um, I'm also really curious to hear more about this event that you guys decided to put together because you met yeah. at this bar at this other event and yeah. then you're like, let's do a meetup. And then how did that turn into this, this huge event? Because I mean, I saw a lot of, I mean, I had a couple of buddies who were speaking there and I mean, it just, it looked like a really, a really big event. So like, how did you, how did you manage to put that together? Yeah. I mean, it was awesome, man. And we ran into a lot of problems, but I'll, sure. I'll kind of take you from the beginning to the end. Let's um, do it. so yeah, I told you I met Justin in Miami at EntrepreneurCon. Uh, we're at like, we were like 40 floors up at this rooftop bar. It was a super cool scene. Um, I think I was drinking tequila and he came up to me. He's like, is that tequila? I was like, yeah. He's like, nice. Like, we cheers. <laughs> and like, 
we just got together and like we talked and like you know about maybe a month to two months later he reached out to me he's like hey i really see this like wide opening like i i keep going to these events and there's big problems people are just selling on stage there's no true value there's not a lot of networking going on it's just it's just kind of like I mean, uh, for better or worse word, the big dick contest for everybody who's kind of on stage. Mm. Um, and, you know, we, we sat there and we talked for a little bit. We went back and forth. Um, and he just had this perfect vision. And, like, I could get behind it. And I, I noticed it, too. And I've talked to my friends and my, my business partners about it all the time. Like, there's, there's a huge market for this. Um, and anyways, he was like, come to Tampa. Like, let's sit down. Let's, let's actually go over this and let's, let's do something. So I drove to Tampa. Um, and we sat down and we went over everything and within about two weeks, we had a website up, we had a couple speakers locked in. Um, we went from, you know, our initial idea was to do like 20 to 30 people. Then it went from 50 to hundred and then it went from hundred to 150 and then it went from 200 to 250 and then it went to 400. And at that point we we're like, all right, screw it. Let's go big. If we're going to do this, let's do it big. Um, you know, how much time do we have? And Justin was like, I want to do this in three months. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, okay. I was like, this is going to be scary, but all right, let's do it. So we went around to every single hotel in Tampa. We literally drove around for about two days. Um, and Katya was a huge part. It's his girlfriend. She's, she was amazing. She helped us put all this together. And she's been there from the beginning as well. Um, but basically we went around to all these hotels. We, we checked out every single one. Um, we came across the Marriott and we're like, yeah, this is it. Like we, we have to do it. Um, and, you know, that is kind of where we were like, okay, let's do 400. Like how many people can we fit in here? 400, 450. Okay. Yeah. yeah let's do 400. So mm -hmm. at first it was kind of like, you know, we're going to do this small, um, you know, we'll get a couple speakers. We'll get a, uh, you know, uh, maybe a hundred, 200 people in the room. Um, we'll get people food, et cetera, one day event. Um, and it turned into a three day event. Um, we actually partnered with Influent for Friday night. We had a conference Saturday with, uh, I believe 34 speakers. Um, a little over 400 people in attendance. Uh, we had over 15 sponsors. I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was awesome. Um, and then Sunday we had an early morning workout, about 60 to 70 people were there. Um, and then we had a basically just meet up kind of end of the weekend bash at a place called water. And, you know, what really kind of like, we, we ran into a lot of issues. So let me go over those first. Yeah. Um, we weren't able to sell tickets. We were a brand new company. Um, nobody heard about us. So, you know, initially we're like, all right, we're going to sell these tickets through ads. We're just going to run ads. And I think we got to a point where we were at like $3,000, $4,000 spent with no ticket sales. Like maybe like, like a couple, like five, six, sure. seven, I don't know, under like 10. Right. Um, and we we're like a month out from the conference. So we we're freaking out we're, we didn't like, we didn't have more than like, I would say like 30, 40 tickets sold at this point. Um, you know, we had a lot of sponsors. We had all the speakers lined up. The speakers were super stoked about it. And these, these were bigger names, like people that were really were like really high level achievers and yeah. big, big, normally speak at big conferences. So we're losing our minds, right? We have pretty much everything set up. We have all this stuff figured out. Um, you know, we ran into a lot of issues with contracts and promotions and stuff along those lines, but that's, that's just with events. You're going to run into that. Um, so our last thing to figure out was ticket sales. Um, we, eventually you know me and justin were sitting there i think it was like maybe like two and a half three weeks out i decided to just basically move to tampa um and basically live there for the, like three weeks coming up to the event so we're sitting there late at night uh, you know just trying to figure this out and 
I was like, why don't we just put a squeeze page so we can call these people as soon as they hit the website? And we're like, oh shit, okay, yeah, let's do that. So we put a squeeze page on the website. So instead of actually um, being able to see the ticket pricing, they had to click through, put in their name, phone number, email to actually see the ticket pricing. So the night that we did that, we woke up with like just about a hundred leads. We were getting like 500 to a thousand traffic per day, like just organic from people seeing us Instagram, all kind of all of our traffic as far as ads and all that stuff. Um, and anyways, me and him just jumped on the phone and we literally just took an hour to two hours each day and just started calling people. And at that point we were selling, you know, probably 30 to 40 tickets, maybe 50 tickets a day. So it, that was it. We needed data retention. We had no data retention. We weren't capturing the leads that were coming to the site. Um, so people could just come and bounce. So all of our paid traffic was just getting lost. It didn't matter how much we were spending. We weren't being able to, able to capture that data and we weren't able to follow up with them. So we didn't have a sales process set, leading back to the first thing that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyways, within two weeks, we sold a little over 400 tickets um, and we packed it completely out. Uh, it, it ended up being very, very successful. And it was, it was amazing time. I mean, uh, the biggest part was, you know, we had Friday speakers, attendees, everybody, sponsors, everyone was there. Everyone was there shaking hands, getting acquainted, talking, um, just getting comfortable with each other, you know, conversating and actually having a good time together, uh, before actually just sitting down in a conference. Um, and that led to a very successful conference day. Uh, everyone knew each other. Everyone had already met. There was already people getting like everyone knew each other kind of around uh, who was there on Friday night. Mm-hmm. So that led to a super personal, um, very good experience on the conference. Everyone was actually able to walk up to the speakers, actually sit down with them, do one on ones. We had breakout sessions where we're actually having people go in 10, 15, 20 at a time and be able to ask Q&A and run through specific systems and uh, tactics that these speakers were using in their businesses. So it was much more personal than any conference that I've ever seen Oh yeah. Um, as far as being able to walk up and conversate with people, ask questions, sit down in their breakout sessions, go through what tactics and systems that they're using um, and do that for three days. Like there was no barrier between you and the people on stage. There was no barrier. It was, if you're sitting in the audience, you're more than welcome to come up to anybody who's on stage and talk to them. And all the speakers were fantastic about that. Mm. Um, and another thing that we had is you weren't allowed to pitch from stage. Mm. So there was zero sales pitches from stage. Every single speaker knew that it was in the contracts and it was, it was awesome because everyone was just giving true value, which was great. Um, and that's something we instilled in the beginning, but yeah. So, I mean, basically we went from no ticket sales to packing out a 400 person conference within like three weeks of the conference. And it ended up just being a really amazing event just because we had three days as opposed to one day. Um, everyone was there, everyone was able to network, talk, and it was for three days. So, you know, people were closing deals. A lot of the guys that I know made great return on their investment just for the ticket. Um, you know, we're gonna have a lot of testimonials that are going to be going out, uh, as to like what those numbers look like and what people were able to do at the conference. But I think overall it really just brought a lot of really good people together, a lot of high level achievers and a lot of people that are looking to get into the space. And it kind of brought everybody together so they could collaborate and build and open doors that, you know, may not convert or take impact in their life until six months down the road. But basically our idea was to have everybody look back at that day and just be like, yeah, that's where that started. Like that was the kickoff moment. That's where I met this guy. Um, And that's kind of our idea moving forward. We have an event coming up in about six to eight months that we're excited to release and talk about. But for now, I'm going to, I'm going to keep quiet on that one. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow, you guys are getting back at it already. That's wild. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a lot of momentum right now, so we need to we need oh, to yeah. keep it going. And we're we're about to release a service where basically instead of keeping, because so our whole idea behind what we're about to release is that a lot of people look forward to these conferences just for a weekend or just for a day. And mm -hmm. they only get to network and speak with these people for a day yeah. and then it's gone. And then their, their connection or their door to these people is out. So what we're trying to do is keep that door open always month mm -hmm. to month, week to week, always. Um, and I'll kind of go over how we're going to do that at the end. But I think it's very important to be connected to networks that are bigger than what you are. And if you're the biggest person in your circle, then you're not. You're, there's a problem. Yeah, there's a big problem. So. so how are you able to lock down these like really, really big name guests to speak at your event? Because it doesn't sound like you guys, either of you have any experience in, in the event planning industry. So how are you able right. to make these connections, lock these speakers in and really do all that before you had even sold any tickets? Yeah, so I mean, Justin and I both have a little bit of experience as far as event planning just from college. Uh, we're both in fraternities. We both were social chairs and we had, you know, very different, different. Sure. But we, we understood how to outreach people and how to talk to them and kind of show them a good vision. Um, and I think that's really what did it for us. I mean, we, we hired a great consultant. His name's Chris Delgado. He's a fucking beast. Like he's, he's the man. Uh, he helped Grant Cardone sell out his event. Um, he helped us sell out ours and he connected to us, uh, connected us to a lot of different people. Um, but as far as like us being able to speak to a lot of these people, you know, a lot of these guys are very reach outable. Like a lot of people don't realize that, that if you get on a DM and you send them a face to face message through video that they're going to respond and you can get on a phone call with them. They, they have mm -hmm. no problem spending 10, 15 minutes talking to you. So that's kind of what we did. We just reached out. We continued reaching out. The people that were like, no, I need to get paid, all this stuff, we realized very quickly that those were going to be the ones that were trying to pitch and sell stuff off stage. And mm. we had very clear guidelines of what we wanted and the vision. And a lot of people resonated with that and wanted to get behind it. And I think that's what started our momentum was the vision that we had behind it. It was very like genuine. There was no, we're making a bunch of money off this. Like we, we really didn't make any money off this. You know what I mean? It was, it was a pure back end door opening events and uh you know with all these doors now being open that's where the revenue comes in but i think as far as the event it was very pure and it was genuine and justin had a very clear uh concise vision for it as did i and i think a lot of these big names and people resonated with the fact that we had such a clear vision and such a genuine approach to what we wanted to do um and the fact that it was our first event and that you know we're not bankrolling. We can't pay every speaker $10,000, $20,000. People just want to get behind it and they want to be a part of it. Um, and we thank everybody. I mean, we're so grateful for everybody mm -hmm. that came out, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think as far as like big names being untouchable, that's complete BS. I mean, these guys want to talk to you. They want to, they want to figure out what you're doing and if they resonate with it and they like the vision, they're going to get behind it. I mean, that's just how these people are. They're action takers. So if you can get in front of them and you can, do it in a unique, genuine way, then, you know, hopefully it goes well for you. I think that's what we just did. I mean, Justin kind of, yeah, Justin kind of forefronted it. I mean, I, I'm sure with you and your podcast, like, you know, when you reach out to people, you know, there's people that say no, but yeah. there's also a majority that probably say yes. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's something as well that I was really worried about 
How can you can you hear the background noise? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. It's gone now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Issue. Sorry about that. Let me just fix that. Uh, no problem. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's, that's something that I really noticed with my podcast as well. There were people that I was worried that I would never be able to get a hold of and people that I thought, wow, like they're, they're so high up there. Like I would never be able to connect with that person. But you, you'd be surprised at the people you can get a hold of if you're genuine with them, if you have a clear vision. Like with my podcast, I have a very clear vision on what I'm trying to accomplish. I'm very convicted. I'm very genuine with what I'm trying to do with this show. And, and that shows right. through, especially when you go face to camera with a video DM, like that is, that's the, the biggest tip that I can give anyone is like, if you want yeah. to reach out to somebody, always send a video. If you don't send a video, I mean, you could send an audio message too, but just like do something that's going to make you stand yeah. out. Cause absolutely the people they're getting, they're getting hundreds of DMS every single day. And if right. you don't stand out, you're, you're probably not going to get a response. Absolutely. And I, I think a big point too, with what you said is you have a clear, clear point on why you're contacting these people. Yeah. A lot of people reach out and they're just like, Hey, you know, you think we can hop on a call and I can <laughs> talk to you and ask you questions and da, da, da. no one, they don't have time for that. You know, no. if, if they don't understand what you're going for in the first two messages, then you lost it. You lost the, you, you're not going to be able to get in contact with these people. So you need to have a very concise and very, you know, straightforward way of approaching these people because they don't have a lot of time and they don't have, you know, a lot of not patience, but they don't have a lot of time to allocate towards responding to DMS and answering people's questions. So if you're going to reach out to bigger names, figure out exactly how you want to approach, figure out exactly how you want to pitch and figure out the quickest and the most straightforward, genuine way you can do that. And I, like you just said, I think that's video message 100%. Absolutely. So, so with you on that, um, I've got some questions, Aaron, that I'd like to ask all of my guests before before we wrap up the show. Are you feeling ready for them? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Awesome. So the first one is, what are you excited about right now? This could be something in your business, in the wider realm of entrepreneurship, but like, what's something that genuinely has you excited right now? So I'm actually, this is what I've been wanting to talk about really bad. Uh, so Justin and I are putting out a new service. Um, this service is to connect and bring in speakers um, every single week to speak to our audience and to our um, circle. It's basically gonna be a mastermind group. Um, but basically what we're doing is we're lining up big names to come in and teach different tactics, different systems, different strategies that they're using to our people, to our network. And they're also gonna sit in this network and be available to you know, do Q and A's and stuff along those lines. Um, and we're doing that every single week. We're also providing resources, sales scripts, one-on-one uh, -on -one consulting, um, and tying in on the back end, top of the line, marketing services, content creation, a whole bunch of other stuff. So basically we're doing a very low cost of entry and then a higher level cost of entry. Um, and it's basically going to bring a lot of people together. This is for entrepreneurs, um, industry leaders, business owners. It's not for people that don't have a lot of experience. It's really for, you know, people that are trying to take what they have and scale it. It's not for trying to get started. Um, so with that being said, I'm just excited as hell to grow that group and really release that we're going to be launching it next week, um, on socialxevents.com. And I mean, it's, it's going to be so powerful. The people we have lined up, the, the ideas we have for it, um, the, the, the way we're putting it together right now, it's just, there's nothing else out there like it. And I think it's going to do a lot of good for a lot of people. That's I can't. huge. There we go. That is there we go. huge. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, I can't wait, man. It's, it's going to be amazing. And when we do launch it, I'll shoot you a DM and get you in for, uh, for free. And, and we'll, we'll see if we can, uh, 
follow up with the value that I'm portraying here. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. We should have links for that in the uh, description below as well, because by the time the show goes live, that will be up and running, which is amazing. I'm stoked. Um, Aaron, do you have any habits that have served you particularly well? These could be habits in your business, in your lifestyle, but just things you do on a regular basis to help you get to that next level. Yeah. So I think um, that's one of the things that Wake Up Wealthy helped me out with Mm -hmm. a lot is I didn't have any habits in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have any morning rituals is what they call it. Basically, you wake up at this time and you do these next, you know, seven, eight things every single morning. Um, And I think what's really helped me is I have time blocked my entire schedule. Mm. I, Google calendar looks like yep. a psycho, like a crazy <laughs> person. Like, I'm not even joking. Like I have my morning blocked out for, you know, mine. Then I have my morning locked out for organization. I have my sales. I have my, everything is lined out block by block by hour by hour by hour. Um, and I try and stick to it. So if something comes in and it's sales oriented, I stick it at two thirty. Mm. If something comes in and it's, uh, you know, customer service, I stick it at 12 o'clock. I don't do things out of my time block. And I think that's allowed me to be a lot more productive. Um, one of my biggest problems as an entrepreneur and a business owner is that I was almost running, you know, a very small team. So it's not like I have customer service people. It's not like my clients reach out to anybody else, but me or my business partner. So what we were having issues with is that we were just getting hit all the time. And we're always being pulled off course, pulled off course. And our to-do list was running us. Um, And now with this time blocking and with being able to schedule everything out and know, okay, this time is to do this, this time is to do this, this time is to do this. We never get pulled off track. We're always on a straight line to do what we need to do. Um, And if things come up, you know, say no, tell Mm -hmm. them you'll get to it at this time. And then make sure you get to it at that time and put it into your schedule. Um, you know, if, if you're have a bunch of clients and they're running your life, you're never going to progress. You're never going to be able to scale. So I think that's one of the biggest things that's helped me out a lot is just being able to actually schedule and time block. And, um, another thing that I try and do is just getting up early. I mean, mm. the early is, is where the money is. Like if you can get up before everyone and be productive and be ready to go before everyone else is getting up. And I struggle with that. Trust me. Like that's hard for me to do. I, I'm somebody who is very, very awake at night. I I stay up very late um, and getting up early is not something I like to do, but it's something that I force myself to do quite frequently. And that's, those are my most productive days is when I get up and just get at it early, you know, get my coffee in, get my breakfast done, try and get a workout in um, and then be ready to go by eight, eight thirty, nine o'clock. You know what I mean? Before everyone else is even sitting down at their computer. So I think that, yeah, it keeps me ready. keeps me on point and, my brain is already active and ready to go before people are even talking to me. So yep. when people call me, it's just, Hey, what's going on? Yeah, no, no, I already did it. I got it sent. You know what I mean? It's, it's done. Um, and that just gives you a couple steps before everybody, you know, and that, that really does help. It doesn't matter if you can wake up 30 minutes earlier, 20 minutes earlier, just start doing it and eventually get into a rhythm and uh, you'll see how much more productive that can be. Yeah. And just being protective of your time too. Like a lot of people yeah, are just like letting other people run their day, but you gotta be protective of your time and, and really, take charge of that and take control of that. Because if you don't, somebody else will like other people will run your schedule if you let them. 100%. And that's, I I let that happen for way too long. Mm. I I mean, I think a lot of people do, they just get to a breaking point and they're just like, no, all right, I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) I can't do it. I mean, there was days where like my business partner would come talk to me and be like, dude, you've been on the phone for the last like five hours. I'm like, yeah, all of this is unplanned. 
Like I've literally taken the last 30 calls unplanned. Like I just haven't been able to get to anything. And uh, then I'll look over my email and there's 20 emails that I need to respond to. And it's just like, you, you can't do it. You can't live like that. No. You can't do it. Like I don't, I don't respond to my emails on the weekends um, unless it's per, you know important. If I see something that comes in that I need to, I obviously will. But mm-hmm. as far as like regular customer service and stuff along those lines, unless they're one of my higher level or priority clients, you know, it can wait. Like people don't realize yeah. it can oh. wait. A day. It can wait a day. Don't worry about it. Like it can wait. You don't need to do it right away. Um, now, with that being said, there are things that you must take care of absolutely at the time. But you know, I would say ninety percent of the stuff that comes in day to day, it can wait a day. And if you don't have time to do it, don't worry about it. Just make sure you get to it. Yeah, that's that's so. the truth. Aaron, are you uh, consuming any content right now? Are you reading any books, listening to audiobooks, podcasts, YouTube videos? Um, what's what's that looking like for you? So right now, I would say my favorite content to uh, consume is Jeremy Haynes, um, Ravi Avala, Jeff Seconder. Um, he actually just sent me over his credit uh, course, which is fucking amazing. Shout out Jeff. I mean, he killed it. Just um, had him on the podcast for the second time. Um, I think like two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. He's got I just, I, yeah, he's awesome. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of consuming the content that's been around me as far mm-hmm. as like the speakers. Um, the big guys, I don't really, I, in the beginning, I ate their content up. Gary yeah. V, Grant Cardone, Ed Milet, like all these big, big names. I was, I was just like, I was always on their stuff. But mm-hmm. I think almost learning from people that are around your level or just a couple of steps higher than you is, is the best way you can do it because they're in a situation that you want to be in, in just a couple of steps. So you need to understand what that looks like and understand what they're doing. Um, and I've, I've been focusing a lot more on their content as opposed to the people that are millionaires and billionaires, you know what I mean? Um, and I think that's done a lot of good for me because I actually can replicate what they're doing. So that's what I would say. Aaron, you literally just gave the sales pitch for this podcast better than I have ever given it before because that's literally the premise <laughs> of the show. Like getting people on who are not at those like Gary V levels and are a lot more relatable right. and can actually share with you relevant information. Like that was like, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that and like use it because that's literally the, the, the point of the show. It's the biggest thing. <laughs> it's the biggest thing because you see all these big names talking about stuff and you're just like, well, I want to do that. You know what I mean? And then they're obviously selling some course on the back end or doing things and like, they'll give you good content to understand the industry, to understand the space. But if you can find people that are around your level that are in what you're doing or, you know, in your stage age or in your same age grouping, um, you're going to be able to digest that content and actually use it. So that's such a big thing. Like find people that are at your level or just a couple steps above that level um, and spend time on their content. Talk to those guys, get those people's numbers, talk to them daily, talk to them weekly. Um, and it's also a lot more easy for you to approach these people and ask them questions because they're going to have time to do, to respond to you. Um, so yeah, I mean, dude, yeah, I, I completely <laughs> agree with you on that. And that's why I love it. Like this podcast is great. I was actually kind of going through it a little bit last night. Um, you do a great job. I mean, seriously. I appreciate you saying that, man. And you're definitely, you're speaking my language, man. Like, like that is exactly, that is, that is exactly what I preach. And I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we're on the same wavelength there. Um, 
Aaron, one thing that I'm always curious about is what my guests do that doesn't scale. So a quick example of what I'm talking about here. Every single day, I'll pull out my phone and I'll send like five to 10 video DMs on Instagram to just new followers. I'll just see who the new people are that are following me today. Pick like five to 10 of them and shoot them a video DM. Be like, hey, what's up? My name's Apple. I appreciate the follow. Um, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. Have a wonderful day. Something super simple like that. Um, but it has a huge impact on people because the, I find the things that that aren't scalable and the things that other people aren't willing to do are, are usually the things that have the biggest return and make the biggest impact on people. So is there anything yeah. that comes to mind for you and your business that you do that, that isn't scalable and that can't be mass produced? Yes. So I give everybody that I work with um, an open line of communication. So most people do not do that. And oh. it, it's something that I do. And sometimes I don't know why I do it because it gets very <laughs> hectic, but basically I leave a, open link for open consultation, uh, 15 minutes at a time. You can do it once a week if you want. Um, and people take advantage of it. They do a lot of, I mean, they, they talk to me all the time. And I think that's one thing that it's definitely not scalable. I don't have unlimited time every day, no. but it's something that I do. And it helps a lot of people because if they can actually sit down and ask me questions and understand why they're doing something, or they have a question that they need help with, or they don't understand how to do this or that, I'll sit down with them and talk them through it. And I think that sharpens my skills. It allows me to get on a better level with the client. Um, they feel more comfortable paying for my services. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on for the benefits of it. But as far as my benefit from it, like it takes a lot of my time. Um, a lot of the time it's very low level uh, or like low, I guess, not, it's not high level, right? Mm -hmm. It's very low like questions. Um, but it helps me. It helps me in a lot of different ways. It helps me get on a more genuine level with these guys. They refer people over to me because they trust me. Um, it allows me to sit down face to face with them and actually talk to them. And I don't think I'll ever stop doing it. Mm. So it's definitely not scalable, but it's definitely one of the best things that I do. Mm. I love it. I love it. Aaron, you've been dropping a ridiculous amount of value on our listeners today. And I really, I really appreciate it. Um, if they want to follow up with you, find out more about you and what you're currently working on, uh, where should we send them? Where should they go to follow up with you at? So you guys can go to socialxevents.com. Um, that will be the new website will be releasing this Monday. Um, and if you are on Instagram, definitely follow up with me on Instagram. It's at Aaron with two N's underscore flat. Um, shoot me a DM. I mean, I'd love to talk to you guys. So if anybody wants to reach out, um, anybody wants to schedule a consultation call, be my guest, DM me, I'll send you the link and we can get on a call. Awesome. 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 And all the links for those will be in the show notes. Aaron, do you have any last words of wisdom or parting thoughts for our listeners here on young smart money today? Uh, the last thing I would say is just do everything you can guys. Like I said, in the beginning, say yes to everything, figure it out later. That's kind of how I built everything that I've been able to do. Um, and that's how a lot of these big names have done it. I mean, don't be afraid, you know, have conviction when you say, you know, you find different opportunities and get around bigger people like that. That is the key. Like, don't stick around the people that aren't doing anything, because no matter how little or much you associate with those people, it's going to bring you down. They're going to act as ankle weights. You want people that are almost pulling you from above as people that are hanging on your ankles. Mm. Um, so, I mean, as much as I'd like to rant on that, I think, you know, just plain and simple, get around high achievers, high level thinkers, because it's going to elevate you more than anything else will. That is the truth. Aaron, thank you so much for your time and spending it here on Young Smart Money. I really, I really appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. 
All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Young Smart Money. Again, if you guys did enjoy the show, do remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help us get in front of more people with the show. It helps you hear from even more amazing guests. It just makes the world go round when you do smash that five-star in iTunes iTunes. And if you guys want me to shout you out in my Instagram story, I am always up for that. So if you send a screenshot of your review to Apple Crater Official on Instagram, shoot me a DM of that or just tag me in it. Would love to repost it on my short story and give y'all a shout out there. Otherwise, I hope you guys do have a wonderful day, whether you're out walking the dog, whether you are at the gym, whatever you are up to on this fine day. I hope it is a splendid one and I will see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful day.